0: Before we begin, I have to apologize for being more than a day late with this episode. Uh, life's kind of gotten in the way over the last week or so, um, with a ton of work coming my way and uh, just a bunch of little things like my kids coming back from Europe and me having to get up in a sparrows fart to go and pick them up and not getting to bed till about 3.30 in the morning. Uh, and the other thing is I don't like to batch process this work that I do in advance. I tend to think long and hard. All the time about the kinds of things that I want to write about and the kinds of things that I want to share with you and talk about. And so more often than not, you'll find that I'm still working on my next blog post and my next podcast episode right up to the knocker, right up to the point um, or to the time when I'm supposed to publish. So um, again, I apologize. Uh, It's just the way it is. G'day, it's Peter and welcome to Office Anywhere, a podcast about working and living on your terms. Whether that's cutting code on the deck of a Balinese villa, crafting ad copy from a cafe in Portland, Oregon, or building websites from a home office in Melbourne, Australia. If you've had enough of the daily commute and the limitations that working in an office imposes, or you're already working remotely, but you want to explore some of the doors that it opens for you, then this is the podcast for you. To learn more about Office Anywhere, just go to officeanywhere.co. Three things in life are really hard to do. One, climb a fence that's leaning towards you. Two, kiss a girl who's leaning away from you. And three, make someone do something they don't want to do. Those are the words of the late, great Charlie Tremendous Jones. Beneath his brash and sometimes jumbled mess of words, Charlie's onstage performance always contained a few gems. I'm 51 now, and my life since hearing those words more than 30 years ago has been an ongoing experiment of failure and disappointment, with a smattering of success here and there. For three decades, I've tested the boundaries again and again to arrive at a simple but unassailable truth. And that is, when you know yourself, you'll know what to do. When I was 18, a magazine art director called me out of the blue to convince me that I belonged in publishing, not banking. Over the course of two weeks, he wore me down till I agreed to give it a go. It turned out to be one of the best decisions of my life because he could see my talent was wasted and would be better served elsewhere. What followed was seven years of work that suited me perfectly. During one of our many discussions about my flagging confidence and fragile dreams, he gave me some brilliant advice. He said, don't worry about your abilities right now. Find the best people in your field. In my case, at that time, it was photography and copy them. Adopt what you like about their work, discard the rest, and over time, your own style will develop. Over the last few decades, I've applied this lesson to many other fields, from investing to writing, and dozens of things in between. It stands as true today as it did then. But I have to concede that there have been periods when I've sought out shortcuts by mimicking the beliefs, the behaviours, and habits of others. In the process, I've not only lost myself, but failed to achieve what I thought I would. I've had jobs that I didn't believe in. I've promoted things that I knew were rubbish, and I've employed sales tactics that felt unethical. Thankfully, those days are far behind me, with each experience shaping a set of principles that today, for me, are unwavering. In my last post, I said that your version of success is perfect. What I meant was, you can study success as much as you like, but until you acknowledge who you are, you'll struggle to break through. And worse, you might achieve something that doesn't make you any happier or more fulfilled. In other words, your success might actually result in failure. I've traveled this path time and again, modeling my behavior on other people, only to crash into aspects of my personality, values, beliefs, or circumstances that limited the results. Many of those people were, and still are, my heroes, but their behaviors worked for them because they were born of their unique qualities, history, and circumstances. Some of the strategies I've borrowed have worked, but I realize now they only worked because they were right for me. I adopted them as my own and only then did they deliver. Some of those uh, habits include things like waking up early to write, putting finances on autopilot instead of trying to be a money whiz, uh, going for a drive whenever I'm stressed and prioritizing tasks from the most to the least important and sticking with one until it's done before moving on to the next one. One of the most important ones that I learned was from my mum, that if any undertaking diminishes my peace of mind, it's never worth doing it. I discovered that unless a belief or strategy or habit becomes part of my identity, unless I can say I do this because it's who I am, well, it probably won't work for me. Until you're cognizant of who you are, what sits well with you, and what rankles you, strategies will be a hit or miss affair. One of the lies we've all been sold is that success looks, smells and behaves a certain way. That if it isn't sought according to a specific recipe, well then failure is inevitable. The millions of miserable success stories should be enough to tell you that this is nonsense. Every city and town contains people who did what they were told, ticked all the boxes and bought all the stuff, but they remain anxious, depressed and lost. Last week, I hired a gardener via Airtasker. It's the first time I ever used Airtasker. I hired them to uh, to weed our gardens because across our 3,000 square meter block, the weeds were fighting for dominance and they were winning. As much as I like getting my hands dirty, I, I actually really enjoy gardening. I had more pressing jobs to do. I mean, like I said, I've been flat out at the moment. So with no, no idea what it would cost, I set a price of 190 bucks, and within minutes, I had 10 people vying for the job. I eventually gave it to this wonderful man named Fashid, who for five hours plucked every weed from between the lyriopes and ornamental pears, and turned the soil ready for mulching. Even as the light faded, he continued to work. The next day, he put in another five hours until the job was done, and two of those hours were in the rain. The thing is, at the end of it, he he refused to accept any extra money for his incredibly thorough work, I insisted in the end, and... He proclaimed that it wasn't even work for him. He was doing what he loved and getting paid for it. A week later, I hired him again, this time to spread mulch all over the garden beds and remove any dead or failing plants. He actually came over yesterday, and this time I didn't care what it cost. Um, I was sure that it wouldn't be enough and that I'd have to insist on paying him more. My point is that Fashir is a success story he might be using Airtasker right now, bidding for odd jobs that don't pay a whole lot, but it won't be long before he's booked solid by raving fans like me, and then he won't need Airtasker anymore. I wouldn't be surprised, actually, if this time next year he has one or two helpers with him. See, Fashid is successful because he's happy, and he is both of those things because he's acknowledged who he is, what matters to him, and how he wants to show up in the world. Now, how that manifests may change in the future, but I suspect that he will remain true to his core beliefs. Which brings me to the key message here. Many of us waste literally decades lying to ourselves. We think that if we do something long enough, that if we keep telling ourselves that we're doing it right, in air quotes, it'll become right. But often it doesn't, and we end up empty vessels, with little in the way of joy or contentment in our lives. It doesn't matter who your hero is. You're not like her. And you're not like him, at least not enough to vest your future success in and happiness in copying them. Now, that's not to say that you shouldn't develop your ideas and skills from the teaching of others, much like I did when I started out as a photographer. But to build a life that's truly successful, you need to adapt whatever you learn to fit who you are, and then dispense with the rest and blaze your own trail. Now, yours might look similar to other people's trails, but if you're authentic in your approach. It'll have a look and feel all of its own. It'll be your path. The truth is, we can be successful thousands of different ways. We can measure it however we choose. And most importantly, we can iterate as we go. We can evolve. Our definition today can be very different to, say, this time last year, if we want. You can literally walk up to the bathroom mirror right now, look yourself in the eye and say, my version of success has changed. In my mind, there is only one right way to create the life you want, and that's your way. A path signposted by the beliefs, habits, ideals, and dreams that sit well with you, just you. We're all unique with different priorities, different circumstances, different values, and different ideals. Our successes will be different to other people's successes because we're different. That's why copying your heroes usually doesn't work. There are just too many other variables. So my suggestion is to decide what success means for you in this moment, in this chapter of your life, and pursue it with dignity, grace, and authenticity. Then like my old mentor, Charlie, you too can live a life that is genuinely tremendous. Anyway, that's it for me for this week. Thanks for hanging out with me again on the podcast. Um, If you want to read the blog post that goes along with this episode, just go to officeanywhere.co slash 86. And until next week, here's to living and working on your terms. I'll catch you then. See ya.